We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It will never be enough! I only want to hear you, you ding dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. Today we're talking about hot fuzz. How are you, Amy? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, was that um... (laughs) did I bring too much enthusiasm? Yeah, way too much. So I have just completed week three of COVID. I am still exhausted. I'm um, the same level of exhaustion that I had in week, oh, towards the end of week one. I'm still coughing. I still feel like shit, basically. So, yeah, that's how I am. I have had a <laughs> chest x-ray, everyone. It's everything it looks clear. Um, my organs apparently all look normal from good. my chest x-ray. No, good. That's so that's exactly good what news. you want to hear. Exactly. Nothing it's a abnormal weird thing to looking hear. going on. Um, I'm just taking a long time to recover. So mm. hopefully, look, if I make it, if it's still going through um, one more week, I technically have long COVID apparently. It's yeah, four it's weeks. Four it's, weeks. It's, yeah, four weeks. So see how I go this week and I'll report back whether I have long COVID or not soon, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll be able to say which way we think it's going at Easter. Uh, well, so at Easter. Yeah, at Easter it'll be four weeks on the Sunday. Yeah. So Easter okay, Sunday cool. will so be four weeks. We'll probably record next episode <laughs> Easter or just after Easter. So we'll let you know in a fortnight. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully awesome. I don't. Hopefully I'm just a tired mum. But I do have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Who has had syndrome, COVID? And that is a huge, um, a huge risk factor for having long COVID. So that sucks balls. I don't really like my chances. Mm. Yeah. And, and like the internet knows too. You know how the internet knows this thing, and all of a sudden I'm yeah. getting all these articles on people who are triple vaxxed who have long COVID. I'm like, yeah. no, why are you targeting me like this? I feel mm-hmm. personally attacked right now. <laughs> Google. Google has victimized you. Yeah. Look, I, I still think you're probably better than if you weren't vaccinated at all. Oh, but 100%. Look, it and I still sucks though, doesn't it? My, my eldest daughter had a pediatrician appointment yesterday, which I was actually really annoyed that we couldn't go in for because yeah. all of our appointments have been online and this was going to be our first in-person one and I had to kind of ah. switch it to online um, more so because I can't really drive at the moment, like I think yeah. f- 10 minutes is my max of driving somewhere um, and I couldn't kind of do the hour long into the city to 
for this appointment, but I was talking to and her back. yesterday and she pretty much, I was, it was good. I got like a, another <laughs> consultation with a doctor, she, which was good. And yeah. And she kind of said what I believe is that if I wasn't vaccinated, I would have been one of those lucky people to end up in hospital. Quite possibly. Yeah. It seems so. You know, if the doctor said it. Yeah. And well, we know a pediatrician, but that, that's a doctor. That's just not an adult it's a, doctor. It's but a doctor. <laughs> I mean, she still did doctor school. Oh, a hundred percent. That's what they call it. Yep, she went to doctor school. She went to doctor school, and then she got her bachelor of doctor. Mm-hmm. And she no, yeah. Uh, it's sort of off topic, but yeah, you have a history of your lungs being shit, so. Yeah, I've had yeah. pneumonia before, so that was another risk factor. So I was, I was expecting if I did catch it to um, catch it hard, and I did. Yeah. Um, uh, an interesting thing that the pediatrician was saying yesterday is that she, this variant, vaccines it seems are just not stopping anyone from catching it. Everyone seems to be catching it, and. of her clients in the last week have either had it in the last two weeks or currently have it. And half of their staff are off at the moment and half of their doctors are out at the moment. So it's, yeah, it's everywhere. She was just like, I wake up every day thinking, will today be the day? (laughs) Like, yeah, the walls are closing in, guys. The walls are closing in. That is rough. Yeah, so that's how I've been. What a lovely report for you all. <laughs> yeah, we'll be okay. I, yeah. I, I Look, I still kind of think I'll be okay. We're on school holidays now. I can get lots of sleep and hopefully that rest will yeah. help. Yeah. How have you been? Good. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm house hunting. So I'm going out into lots of strange places. Mm. So I'm every day waking up also thinking well, it's today the day. Yeah. Oh, great. No, I'm but I'm fine, I'm good. What I've been you? watching TV. Oh, you have. Wow. So I finally That's played new for you. through Horizon. <laughs> well, not new, but I spent I would say three solid weeks playing Horizon Forbidden West, like minimum three hours a day basically Whoa. I was just working making dinner playing video game sleep yeah repeat yeah it was it uh it was actually pretty great um fantastic video game I really enjoyed playing it um if you have a PlayStation 4 and you know me personally hit me up I've got a got a copy of it now that I've finished using uh but I've started watching TV again Still watching Abbott Elementary mm. uh, and it got picked up for a second season. So if you're someone who wants to hold off until there's more episodes or you want to know that there's going to be more of a show, mm-hmm. get on it. Uh, I've started watching Moon Knight, which is another Marvel show. It oh. has Oscar Isaac as more than one character and explaining that gets into spoiler territory and it has Ethan Hawke and basically the cast of why I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. Um, Two episodes so far. I am really not sure if it's actually any good or if it's just that the performances are really good and the show, I can't tell yet. It's it's too Uh, early. Yeah. It's too early, but Oscar Isaac is giving it his all. Mm -hmm. 
and we're getting both goofy and smouldering, which is fantastic. And I love seeing Ethan Hawke. He's really – he's transitioned into this kind of – he does a lot of prestige indie work, which is fantastic. But uh, So it's nice to see him pop up as a supervillain. Oh, good. Mm. I like Ethan you know, Hawke. Super- me too. And supervillain gets the bills paid so you can do your, yes. you know, emotionally rewarding prestige work. Yeah, movies that take you 10 years to film kind of work. Yeah. Yeah, or just, you know, you get paid very little because you're doing it was for it the love of it and you want to work with those that people. One that he did? What was it called? Uh, boy, boyhood. Boyhood, yeah. Was that over 10 yeah, years, I think wasn't so, it? I think so. Yeah. It was like it was – they really did – yeah, I mean that's it's that kind of project that it's like that must be really satisfying when you finally complete mm-hmm. it and it it gets out in the world and people really engage with it and, and connect to it. Yeah, probably Moon Knight. Like it's not at that level, but eh, it's fun. You know, it's it's people running around shenanigans. I have started. Our flag means death. Hmm. I haven't finished it yet. How do you, how what are your but thoughts? But I'm working through it. I look, I'm enjoying it. I'm yes. liking it a lot. Yeah. And I'm on a different part of the internet from you and I'm on a part of the internet where everyone is obsessed with it, like obsessed. Yeah, so am I and so I'm, I'm seeing I, like I I am yeah. too. I'm seeing and you're people not feeling absolutely it? obsessed. Ob-sessed. I don't not like it. I just yeah. think my expectations were too high. Yeah. I like, like is you, it I mean, out loud constantly? No, no. it's not. But and I that's fine. I don't need that. No, I don't need that either. Yeah. But it just, I think I was just felt that ping of, that little pang of disappointment that it wasn't quite where I felt it was going to be. Yeah. But I've still enjoyed it. Mind you, the first time we started watching it, I just worked and I was pretty tired and it was like, I think Sean, my husband put it on at like 10.30 or something and I drifted uh, off and I kind of thought, oh, it hasn't really, I'm going to go to bed. It hasn't really, if it was really funny, I think I, I would have held my attention, but I went to bed. Yeah. Um, and then the second time I tried to watch it was last weekend and I was still in needing naps through the day mode. Yeah. And so I put it on and I kind of drifted in and out. But what I have seen, the cast is amazing. Cast is um, amazing. But I've missed. Uh, there's a lot of gaps because I've fallen asleep a few times. So I do, but I do want to go back yeah. and watch it. Like I see it come up, and I think, yeah, I've got to keep watching that. I want to keep watching that, but it hasn't grabbed me um, yeah. how I felt that it would. I guess. Yeah. No, that's fair. I yeah, because when I caught up on. Um, what we do in the shadows recently are kind of just charged through season mm. three seasons really, mm. really fast. Yeah. Because again, it was like, oh, hang on. I cannot stop watching this. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, this hasn't grabbed me as quickly. Yeah. But yeah, it just, it feels like a bit more of a slow burn. And I always love a dynamic between two characters where one of them is basically, you know, a kind of grumpy cat and the other is just like a golden retriever person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm a massive sucker for that dynamic and Reese Darby and Taika Waititi are giving us that. So, yeah, I love that. Yeah, oh, good. No, yeah, I do. So I, I, I am going to keep watching it. And 
go and watch yeah, them. Yeah, it, re- it. it is really, really good. It just, yeah. I, I, I personally think it just wasn't where I wanted it to be. Yes, that's, that's it basically, and that's really not a bad criticism, really, is it? Well, it's ki- a lot of people are like loving it so clearly you know it's got its audience of course yeah and I do enjoy fictionalizing like you don't know these are in theory real believed to be real real pirates but so much about their lives has already been fictionalized and that's something I quite I quite enjoy pirate drama yeah I enjoy pirate drama yeah Pirates of the Caribbean is probably my favorite Disney ride really okay yeah, I'm basic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was lucky. I was lucky. I've been on the Pirates of Caribbean pre-Pirates oh, of Caribbean and post-movie. Um, and I find the ride weird now that they've just tried to, like, put some yes. – um, like Johnny Jack Depp's in there. there. Yeah, some Jack Sparrow's and yeah. Johnny Depp's in there where the other ones are so much older and it's it just it it's uh, that's why I find it a little bit strange. Just like there's oh. a few then there's a few of them. It's just a bit weird, but you know 100%. <laughs> and in cuz I've been on it in Tokyo Disney. And so Jack Sparrow pops up and he looks like Johnny yeah, Depp. It's a really but good he one, also looks it? slightly Japanese. Right, okay. Like if they did something to Johnny Depp to <laughs> Japanese it's kind him. of Well, it's kind of like if Johnny Depp was um doing some sort of role where he's playing an Asian person and then they've done something really racist to make him look Asian. Got the sticky tape that's out the Jack on Sparrow's. his eyes. Yeah, like exactly. Kind of um, Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Basically, and that's kind of what it looks like, where he looks like Johnny Depp, he looks like Jack Sparrow, but he just looks slightly more Japanese uh-huh. than Johnny Depp, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. It's very that's weird. That's interesting because he very doesn't look weird. slightly Japanese in the um, one in LA. No. <laughs> I bet he doesn't and he doesn't in the movie. It's Anyway. <gasps> so I've been watching the second season of Bridgerton. Um, oh, I do need to get caught I've up on really, that. I really enjoyed it. Once again, I fell asleep. <laughs> I had to go this and read. This isn't about the quality <laughs> no. at all. This is COVID. I had to go back and rewatch an episode because I fell asleep laying on the couch. The sun came out through the window and it was just, oh. I fell asleep. Oh, that off. sounds lovely. Um, but it's really, it's a really nice season. I really enjoyed this season. It's not as raunchy as the first season. Mm. Yeah, it was. Probably my favourite Bridgerton review was I had just started it. And we were away with our parents and mum was like, oh, I've watched it all. Or she'd watched some of it anyway. And I'm like, oh, no, that's right. She hadn't watched all of it. But I'm like, what part are you up to? And she just looked at me and she's like, I've seen the Duke's bum. I've seen his bum. I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. I remember there, it's like episode, I remember vividly, it was episode six, I think, last season that it all <laughs> happened in. It all just like, no, because I started and it was like, everyone's telling me this is very raunchy. Where is the raunch? And then when the raunch arrives, you're like, Oh Here no! It is. Everyone was right. Yeah, I I saw a review where someone said like the way the romance plays out this time is a, a lot more like how it does in Bollywood. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I've heard it's a bit more like a, a Bollywood, which I'm kind of excited by because I don't I don't know those tropes mm. as well. So that'll 
that will be that will be quite yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you yeah, say that because I can see that now that you've said that. Um, because we do watch a bit of Bollywood in this house because my yes. now seven year old, she was still. F- Five at the time, or just turned six, and she became obsessed. Yeah, we did a Bollywood dancing workshop over our summer school for our dance school, and she has since been obsessed. She wants to live in India. She wants to have an Indian husband. Um, she's just all about it. If randomly there'll be Bollywood music playing from our TV because she's gotten on there and she's watching stuff. She teaches herself dances from the TV. She's mm. watched full movies that are in oh, Indian. Wow. Like she's just And some of those dances, though, she'll go through YouTube and show me her favourites. Yeah. And my goodness. They're full on, aren't they? It's bloody good, though. Yeah, the production great. values of oh, you, having these you big can't dance appreciate scenes. a good Bollywood scene. There's something wrong. They're amazing. They're just a little bit. A little bit dead inside, maybe. maybe. We just Hollywood don't make musicals like that anymore, and Bollywood have picked it up yes. and they do it, mm-hmm. and it's it's very cool. No, some of the stuff um, she's shown me, I love it. It's, <laughs> I love it's that it's very spread good. wide in our family that everyone knows she's obsessed yeah. with Bollywood. Oh no, it's like her. It's her thing. So exciting news, Kate. Mm-hmm. Ben and Jen engaged. <gasps> Benefar 2.0 is... are engaged, everyone. This will be old news to you when it, this comes out next week, but it, I just but I found out. It. <laughs> I just learned it, so that's very exciting. Okay, did he pull out the big canary diamond again or is it a new ring? Do it's we a know? new ring. It's a new ring. I've seen it. Nice. It's green. Okay. I can't tell you if Ooh. it's like some kind. It doesn't look deep enough to be an emerald. It may be yeah. a diamond. A gr- I don't know if you can even get green. I don't know. But there's don't lots know. of colours, so maybe green. I'm yeah. sure we'll learn much in the next few days. Hang on, let me Google. Wow. Well, that is a great way to distract from his um, erotic thriller with um, Anna de Armas coming out. Oh, which I, I want to watch. <laughs> Only... <laughs> Only I didn't really know much about it. Sean seems to be all over that movie. He seems to know <laughs> about it randomly. I've seen a trailer and some ads. It's not one that I'm like pumped to see, but it. You know what? It feels like the kind of movie that I'll be staying with our parents and they'll pop on, and that's how we'll see it. <laughs> yeah, awkwardly sitting between our parents, watching an erotic thriller. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Also in the news that I, I woke up to this morning is that Will Smith has been banned from attending the Oscars for the next 10 years, Kate. And I can tell from your face. A 10-year ban? You haven't heard this yet. Yes. I He's been banned for 10 absorbed- years from all things Academy. Oh, no, he won't get to go to fundraisers for the new <laughs> Academy Museum. I'm sure he's gutted about that part. Okay. I didn't. I have not taken in any news today at all. So literally everything you're telling me is new. Ten, Ten years. years. It's pretty. But he gets to keep the award, right? Well, yeah. I I assume so yeah. because that was not mentioned in anything that I've yeah. seen. Good. It's just that he and he's come back and said, "Yeah, I accept the the punishment the and stuff." And um, yeah. Ten years. I I kind of thought they might Ten do. Ten years is next, a long time. Yeah, I was expecting them to go next year, yeah. 
next year. Um, yeah. They even went into the academy like apologising that they didn't do anything while it had ha- when it had just happened and that they, they realised mm. now that they didn't take um, appropriate action at the time is what they've said. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, yeah, 10-year ban because he took away from – celebrating all the people that won and have has, it's overshadowed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I saw a good uh, thread by one of the producers of the documentary that won the mm-hmm. Summer Summer of Soul. Yep. And how he's like he's really happy. It was great, but the moment itself really sucked also because um Chris Rock was so distracted and then announced it as Questlove and three white guys. And it's like, this guy is South Asian. He's not white. Right. And he didn't get his name read out when he won an Oscar. And the whole, like, yeah, for him, he's okay. But the whole way it was handled for him was like, yeah, that that made it a really shitty moment. Yeah, because no one was in their right mental space to be doing that, I guess. Oscars shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I saw an interview with Questlove who said that he was meditating just as it had, was happening. Like he'd gotten into a bit of a meditate because he's been meditating for years oh. apparently and they had told him your, your ward's up next. So he kind of was calming himself because he was really nervous yeah. and meditated yeah. and didn't really – Missed the whole exchange yeah. that had happened and Wasn't kind of watching it came present when they he heard his name and people grabbed him and then he kind of went up and so he what didn't really yeah he said once he got up there he realised that something had happened once he mm. was on the stage and it wasn't until afterwards that he kind of found out what had happened. That's probably great because it let him handle it. Like he did seem very composed. Yeah, I felt so too. So it's like, oh, that's actually fantastic that, well, he was extremely composed. I didn't know he was a meditator, but now that you say that, I'm like, oh, he fully I has that very that. chill. Yeah. I can, that makes total sense for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought, yeah, he was extremely composed in a situation which was extremely stressful. So uh-huh. good for him. Well, I'm excited for Benefer. Yeah, good on them. Yeah. I hope they make it down the aisle this time. Me too. I can't wait to see their wedding photos. Actually, also, yes. <laughs> get it done I this genuinely... year, guys. Get it done this year. Quick engagement. Get married. Don't yeah. waste any more time. You're obviously meant to be. Don't waste any more time. Yes. I like Ben Affleck a lot more when he's with Jennifer, obviously. Yeah, I know. You've softened. I really do. Softened Clearly. I, ben. <laughs> I can't. I want to see Matt Damon yeah. be his best man. I want to <gasps> yes. I want to see it all. I don't know who her girlfriends are, thinking of it now. I follow some of her dances. Absolutely but no But I don't idea. know who her friends I are. I hope their kids are all, all of their random children because they've both got a bunch of kids. Yeah, there's five kids, the, the I kids think. The kids in the wedding. Yes. That would be super cute. Oh, Mark Anthony will be there because God, he's prob- a good, probably good ex-husband by the sounds of it. Ob- Jennifer probably. Jennifer She's Garland will probably be there. Yeah. My God. This could be great. Yeah, I'm excited for I'm their thrilled. wedding. This is fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's cheered me right up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Who knew that the Benefit 2.0 could really put a spring in your step on a Saturday afternoon in dr- Drizzly, Melbourne? <laughs> well, 
the world is a, you know, rough and tumble place at the moment. He's appointing himself judge, jury and executioner. He's not judge, Judy and executioner. He is. All right. 2007's Hot Fuzz, a movie that I saw in the cinema when it came out and have probably watched at least once a year since then. Mm. Like I love watching this movie. It is one of my comfort movies. Uh, if it's been a really long time since I've seen it, I will I will get a yearning and I will have to sit down and watch yeah. it. I love it very much. This movie, will, I think, was the first movie that I watched with my now husband just on the couch oh. at his place. We went to Blockbuster. Blockbuster was still a thing. <laughs> and we got Hot Fuzz. That's- and so I think it, I think because we'd been to the movies as you do when you're first dating because it came out the year we got together. Yeah. So we'd been out to the movies, but I th- I feel like this is the first movie that we kind of sat down at home and watched after going to the video shop. <laughs> I, that's how close we are to the era of video shops, everybody. It was yeah. not that long it ago. It feels like it was a really long time ago because it's not, not something that we've done mm. with my kids in their lifetime. But that breaks my heart. Yeah. That they'll never know they'll the never joy know. of. I know. They can just go from begging walk your parents into the, for an overnight. They can just go into the lounge room yeah. and find something. <laughs> I mean, and that's better objectively for just having oh, it's choice. Convenient. It's convenient, but it's not as fun as the whole fun was like, oh, we get to go to the video shop tonight. Okay. One overnight yeah. and three weeklies. Like, this was yeah. What get. And getting to, you know, make your case for what the overnight was or, or you know, you're waiting a little bit because something you get has there just come and out and you there. couldn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you've got to pick something out. else. Yep. Or a bunch of new, uh, a bunch of newish stuff has just gone to weekly. Yeah, and you can grab something and rewatch it. I was listening to another movie podcast this week, Amy, and I learned another fact I didn't know about mm-hmm. Empire Records. Oh, sorry, just like with I'm off topic, but so apparently there's a version where um, what's his face, Maxwell Caulfield. Mm. comes back at the end and does like a rock version when they're playing at the end Sugar on the High, roof. when they're playing Sugar High up the t- on the When roof. they play Sugar High and then he does a, a rock version of Say No More. Oh. Apparently. Yeah, cuz I've got the two, I've got two versions. I've got the version on DVD which is what we all watched religiously the original up, cut the original yeah like the original and then cut when that we've finally seen many when times. it came out on apple i was lazy one day and i was like oh and we don't have a dvd player anymore we've got the um playstation but it, we have to unplug st- like it's a bit complicated when uh, i want to just drama watch it. yeah yeah so it doesn't happen often so i was like okay it's out on apple i'm gonna get it and then i was watching it and all sorts of things were out With of you. order. And we was... watched it together. Oh, was there annoying. were new scenes. I know. We were really confused. There was the first scene and that was different in this music And we were both sitting there sections. going, what's, what's happening? Like, <laughs> do you remember this part? Because we both started to have this, did we just like forget this? Yeah. And it was like, no, there were just all these new scenes. And apparently also the in the script and when they shot it, the events of the movie were supposed to happen over two days and then they did just jam it all together. In one day. 
Yeah. Right. Which ex- explains a bit. But anyway, this is not an episode about Empire Records, even though every episode could be about Empire yeah. Records. And funnily enough, I was actually thinking of picking Empire Records for <laughs> next week. Ooh, maybe we should. Maybe. I'll think about it. I do miss the charms of going into a video store too and getting the opinions of the video store people like in your town. That was a pretty good video store. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would stock movies that the owners were unconvinced of mm-hmm. and they would still stock them. No censorship of that. They weren't going to prevent you. But sometimes they would write a little note little about the it. movie yeah. and <laughs> stick it in the plastic like they were not a fan of the movie Happiness and there was just this note that was like, this is a sick movie. It was all in caps. <laughs> or um, Life is Beautiful where they had just noted, this is in Italian. Just because well, I guess people had rented to. it. But some people Possibly simple, someone had rented it Kate. and not known. I know. And look, I remember one time me and Sean went to the movies. We were up in Queensland and we went to the movies and Sweeney Todd had come out. And we go, oh, yeah. we're like, cool, let's go watch Sweeney Todd. And they were, they were just like, it's a musical. And we're like, yeah, okay. And like, do you still want to see it? I'm like, yeah. We were the when only ones in the- there. So I reckon they talked oh. out. They must have talked people out of seeing Sweeney Todd. We loved her. I loved Sweeney had, Todd. It's Tim Burton. Had people like, not known. People must have people known. people not known. It, it's, you know, and it was a movie that's adapted from – a musical. Like. A musical. <laughs> Although, no, when Into the Woods came out, I do remember coming out of the cinema and hearing some people going, did not know that was going to be a musical. Mm. People so, are interesting. And again, very famous musical as far as I'm aware. I don't know. Do we just know more about musicals? Well, Are there no, people no, who just look, aren't in the loop? Look, I don't think I knew that Sweeney Todd was going to be a musical like before I like decided that I was going to like when in, until yeah. like I said, oh, what's this about? Oh, it's a musical yeah. and then chose to go yeah. to it. Um, okay. But I also am pretty good at understanding what's happening in a preview. So when they're singing in a preview, my brain <laughs> can tell me that I'm going to be watching a musical in the future. It's not that fucking hard. You make an excellent and valid point that, yes, <laughs> if you see a trailer of a musical, it it does tend to give that away. Yeah. I mean, if you don't see the trailer, this yeah, is maybe, maybe an argument yeah. for why you should watch the trailers. Yeah, I think so. We're going to talk about Hot Fuzz now, though. Mm-hmm. I started watching it. It was a Friday evening. My daughter, Isla, had been on an excursion the day before. Ah. And she was homesick on the Friday. Mm-hmm. I felt that she was tired and a bit overstimulated and she just needed some rest time. Yeah. So for, she kind of rested through the day, complained she wasn't feeling great, nothing too major to worry about. So mm-hmm. I put Hot Fuzz on Friday night and then mm-hmm. – about halfway through, she comes in and tells me that she really doesn't feel well. Yeah. Okay. She, I turned it off. She slept with me that night. Next day comes, I try finishing to watch Hot Fuzz. I kind of got through it and then 
Isla tested positive to COVID. So yeah. I had sick children and it was the start of our COVID journey. And so uh, FYI, my notes aren't great. Um, <laughs> awesome. I I'm excited. Was going to watch it again this morning. My plan was to wake up, watch it, not take notes, just have a fresh, you know, watch it in yeah. one full sitting and be fresh in my mind. Uh, we had a blackout this morning, so that didn't happen. Um, oh, I literally no. just put it on before you sent me a message saying, yeah, I'm ready to record. So I was cooking sausage rolls for the kids and trying oh, yeah. to get my roast dinner ready to put in the oven. So it was cooking while we were recording and it was just kind of playing in the background. And then my husband rang me. So, yeah. So, but I feel like I know this mm. movie well enough. That it'll be okay. Let's hope we can remember Hot Fuzz. I <laughs> love this movie. I it is a, like a feast for editing, like audio editing and visual editing. Mm. It is really nicely constructed. There's a really good video yeah. essay that I'll link to. Um, every frame of painting, and and the guy who made those videos really breaks down how Edgar Wright uses the editing to create these moments of comedy mm-hmm. and he does it in all of his movies but I think like this yes. might be my favorite it's a, one it's a real where there are all of these great styles isn't it yeah just and little things like we get introduced to our main character Nicholas Angel who is basically the the best constable in London uh, little bits at the start introducing us to him that are funny and things like, you know, he's done his advanced driving and his advanced cycling and he comes up and skids on his bike. <laughs> and it's a really nicely constructed little montage, segment. To, yeah. yeah, this montage that introduces our character. Champion um, police. The, 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 he's just a show reel of, the best. of, of a champion. <laughs> the best of yeah. the best. We get a couple of the... Um, uncredited cameos too the man dressed as santa who stabs him in the mm-hmm. hand is peter, peter jackson. jackson yep uh and you know janine i the- do and i only found this out this time and accidentally <gasps> while i was looking in the cast list for someone else to kind of go i know yep. i've seen her in something else and then i saw this person's name down yeah, the bottom and, and I went, went what? what? So, yeah, um, we get a little bit of setup at the start. So, basically, Nicholas Angel and that name choice, I'm sure, is deliberate. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about the rest of the names as characters get introduced, but I'm sure that name is deliberate. Oh, basically, he's so good that he's being made a sergeant and sent out of London because he's He's, he's basically ruining the stats for everybody yeah, else. Yeah, he's showing everyone up and they can't have it anymore. Yeah. He's not thrilled, but he also has split up with his girlfriend and he's living in the in the house with all of the recruits, in like the, the dorm with the recruits. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we get the comedy of him continue, of going up the chain to more senior cops. So yeah, we like, get, I'm um, not accepting this. So do they- you really <laughs> want to call down the commissioner and it's Bill Nye and he's... Yes, there's some oh, great he's cameos. He's really good at this. There's yeah, great some cameos. really good cameos. 
Um, Martin Freeman also doing the voiceover at the start. Mm-hmm. And so then we go and and get a scene where Nicholas goes by uh, where his girl, his ex girlfriend Janine, is working with the the, the, the forensics, CSI or the yeah. forensics group. So everyone there is in hazmat, like, full body suits, their the sperm suits, yes, and they're they're correctly yeah. called. <laughs> and and he has a he has a conversation with Janine about. He's leaving. How he's he's married, and she's like, "Well, you know, we couldn't get married because you're married to the force." And he reminds her that actually, official vocab guidelines say service because force is is sort of too yeah, aggressive a term. He's really type a, a lot, isn't he? Oh, he's <laughs> all about the rules. The rules must be followed. So who's Janine? Janine is the one and only Kate Blanchett. Yes. Now, and we look, only see her eyes defense, and goggles. In our defence, she has a British accent in this. Yes, but she does. That is a scene that I did just get to watch again, literally half an hour ago. Yeah. So were you staring at her eyes, yeah, looking, look, thinking, I "Can I tell it's no, her?" No, I can't tell it's her from there her eyes. There was a few, and even with her voice, there was just a few kind of words that she said that I went, "Uh huh, yep." Yeah, now I can that hear I know that. It. Now I know just with that kind yeah. of word. But yeah, no, I had no idea, and I have had no idea for what fifteen years. Yeah, so. I didn't know that when I saw it originally, and I think it was it was years in. Also, Bob in that scene is Joe Cornish, director of Attack the Block. Annoyingly, Nicholas then also notices something that none of the CSI people have, which that the window was broken from the inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get a sense of, yeah, Nicholas is annoyingly good. Like, he's he is so good, but he gives everyone oh, the, the shits. shits. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. So then we cut, basically, he's packing up. He's got his Japanese piece lily. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing, the only living thing he seems to truly love. He packs up. We get this really beautifully edited scene of him traveling out to the country. This is the scene that's the example in in the video that I'll I'll link where they, you know, that he makes the character moving kind of funny. We learn a bit about where he's going and what it's like just from some really nice editing. Yeah. Um, the so sound he section he's really yeah. good too. I love the really mm. sharp and. Um, precise yeah. sounds that Door are done. slamming. Yeah. The trains rushing past, yeah. you know, his phone. Yeah. All of those little. They're it's sharp. Just, it's just nice, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Crisp even. Crisp. So he arrives in town in Sanford, which is filmed in the town that Edgar Wright is actually from in Somerset. Okay. That's his hometown. It really, really reminded me of um, – Going back to when we watched Last Christmas not long ago, mm. it reminded me of that little village court area where her the Christmas oh, yeah. shop is. Yeah, there's a real kind of old, old English old countryside. Britishness. Yes, yeah. There's yeah. no mistake, and they lean into it. it. Yeah, yeah. With the soundtrack, with the kinks, <laughs> pulling a couple tracks from Village Green Preservation Society, and really kind of leaning into that but yeah it's a it really is the perfect I don't think it was their first choice for where they were going to film but it really is kind of perfect it's perfect yeah yeah and it's kind of delightful that he got to go back to his hometown and trash it a bit yeah like that's got to be a nice little 
place to grow up. It looked lovely. I know. So Nicholas arrives in the hotel because he's been told, that's right, Frank Butterman, his new sergeant, his new, I don't know, the, the main cop. In the, is it sergeant? I think it's it not is. not sergeant. Yeah. He's a sergeant. The, main, the, the head cop in Samford, Frank Butterman, is called, and we, we get this over voiceover at, in that scene where he's travelling. They've arranged a nice little cottage, mm-hmm. but it's not ready yet. So he'll be staying in the hotel. So he comes in and we see, and it is this kind of really – Old school hotel, there's swords over the fireplace. Yeah. It looks typical a- 1970s horror movie, yeah, doesn't it? it really does. We get a Shining reference um, yeah. when he's trying to check in. Um, we get some fun with the crossword. Mm-hmm. Um, Fascist, hag, all very hag. important words foreshadowing for later on. Something I love about Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's uh, scripts together is that nothing is wasted. No, and it, they're definitely no joke is movies not set up. that you need to watch four or five times for you to really click on to all those things. Like you can't just you watch it grab once. Everything. You need to look, watch these things at least mm. twice so you can go, oh, yeah, that happens at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, that's why they, that was said. Yeah. You the grab setup is everything things. with them. Yeah, that, and that's it. Nothing is never set up. Those jokes, those things will be funny whether or not you picked up on the setup, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. We see a bit of the newspaper here uh, and we see a typo on the front page. Mm-hmm. Um, something that comes up every year on Instagram after Nicholas, who just can't settle. He's he's clearly not a, not a guy who can just sort of sit and have a rest. He... Decides to go for a bit of a walk. He heads out on the town. He goes to the pub. He notices that many of the of the people in the pub seem a, a little young yeah. to be drinking in the pub. They're pimply. The classic. They're nerdy. There's this beautiful <laughs> lens flare off a like behind a boy as he laughs, and we see his braces. Like yeah. it's an amazing shot. It's so funny. So Nicholas. Can't help himself because it's the kind of copy is. He's going around asking them how old they are. There's the classic, what's your birthday? 22nd of February. What year? Every, Every year. year. That is my favourite joke and in the whole movie. <laughs> Edgar Wright posts that on Instagram every 22nd of February. Oh, does he? It's great. It's my favourite yes, joke. Does. It's a great, it's a great it's one. It's so good. It's so 1969, good. 1969, what? You're 37 years old. And then I kind of went, when I heard that, yes. I was like, oh. This was done <laughs> when people born in 69 were only 37. I was born in 81 and I am 40 now. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had the same. I had that moment of, yeah. oh, oh, remembering how old oh I was God, when the movie people came. I was like, oh, shit. People from the born in the 70s weren't even in, like, oh, my God, we're in their early 30s. No, we were 20. Oh. I was, well, no, yeah, 30s. I was 20-something. Uh, but anyway, so, Nicholas, we, we're, we're getting to know him as a character. He is a cop who can't turn it off. Um, when he, he asks our... Uh, our couple who own the pub um, and who, you know, give him the newspaper because it's not theirs, you know, they hate it. Why are they letting the young people drink in the pub? Mm. Uh, Tim Messenger. Yeah, well, he got got her age wrong. 
He did get he her age wrong. He said she was that she was 50, 53 when she's 52 or so. Something random like something that. Something like that. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, so why are you letting them in of, the pub? And they're just like, well, well you know, because... They're just tackers. They're, they're better being in here than out there doing stuff. It's for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. good. Every single, not something I noticed the first time, maybe the second or third, but mm, so that's every what I mean. single it was, time. It was probably the third or fourth watch that I kind of got the whole, the greater good. That literally, if you watch every, it, every it, single everywhere. time, it's repeated. It's always twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, didn't notice it the first time, but it's one of those little things that as you pick it up, it's it's quite delightful. So he so arrests about 11 everyone. Oh. He arrests all of he the children. He arrests everyone. Yeah. He's, he's like, you're coming to the station with me. Where is the station? Because he, yes. he hasn't even been so, yeah. to the station yet. No. He hasn't he's started. He put his bags down and got to go and get a cranberry juice and yep. <laughs> has arrested the whole town. He doesn't drink. Yep. Yeah, so we're, we're about like 10 minute, minutes in. We know this character very well. When he arrives at the station and brings um, all the the youth drinkers with him, he's asked like by the desk sergeant, you know, when did you start? It's like, tomorrow. We also meet Nick Frost, mm-hmm. who is a delight in this. And, again, also someone who on Instagram I really love because most of his Instas are actually um, – Cooking videos of his epic Sunday roasts. Oh, really? So he arrests um, Nick Frost's character, Danny, for being That's really, right. really drunk um, and That's trying right, to drive. Goes, tries to drive home, yeah. So he arrests him and he throws him in the lockup overnight too. Mm-hmm. The next morning, um, Sergeant Angel is just going for a jog and everybody in that town knows who he is. He hasn't met anyone. No, but, but they're all hello, Sergeant. Knows Good morning, Sergeant. Who you are. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we get an introduction there to we get to see most of those main characters who are in um the the Neighborhood Watch Alliance, the NWA, which is also just funny. Um we get the Kinks, um, I think it's Village Green Preservation Society playing. You get you get a really nice look of uh, the town and that lovely town square. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Timothy Dalton. Yeah, I didn't realise it was great. Timothy Dalton. Oh, he's so good in this. I might have known in the past, but I'd like... Did compl- you forget? Oh, yeah. yeah, and then I was like, oh, but I don't know if I even did know in the past because I was just like, that doesn't... He looks so different to the Timothy Dalton that's stored away in my brain. Mm. What's Which version of Timothy Dalton have you archived in your mind? Well, Bond, but he just looked different yeah, to me in that. Like, Is it the moustache? Probably. And just because he's aged like a normal human being and he's got a moustache. So he just looked not how I had stored him away. Really enjoy Timothy Dalton in this and the bit where we – get introduced to him in the supermarket again and then he's standing under the photo of himself making the same face. Mm-hmm. Priceless comedy. Mm-hmm. Anytime a character is ever doing, you know, the pose under a photo of themselves doing exactly the same pose, I love it. It's <laughs> one of my favourite things in movies. As we start to meet these uh, characters in the town too, and I, I've noticed this before but I had a proper look, 
almost all of the surnames of all of these characters are like rural or old-fashioned English jobs. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Except for Nicholas Angel, mm-hmm. Aaron A. Aronson, yeah. <laughs> a name that pops up later. But anyway, we'll talk about that a bit more. So we do get to the station and Nicholas meets his colleagues. He wants to know what's happened to the inebriate who he picked up last night and and he's not there. I love it. Why are you dressed like a police officer? Be- because, because I am, I am one. one. <laughs> oh, I, look, I just, I love Nick Frost in this. He is just, Danny is a is just a charming, delightful lad. Yeah. He's just, he's just a nice boy. Yeah, he's a cop because his dad's a cop and he's, you know, yeah, staying close to home. To be a cop. Yeah, probably. pretty much. He's fine with it. He, he is immediately, he just, and it's that, it's that dynamic I was talking about where you've got your kind of grumpy cat, mm-hmm. you know, cheerful dog, friendship dynamic. Yes. Um, Danny is immediately just mesmerized by Nicholas, mm-hmm. who we sort of sees as like this, as like a real a shiny cop. cop that's yeah, like yeah, done things. He's done actually real, like real policing, and yeah, because Sanford is the safest village in England, and mm-hmm. so Danny hasn't ever done anything exciting. And there's we no get a the, tour like, of the station. No one gets yeah. arrested there. Like it's no. just it's kind of sorted out. Pats on the head and on your way. And so we get a great, oh, again with the editing, the tour of the station, we get to meet all of the other mm-hmm. characters, um, all of the other cops. Uh, the And all of this stuff is is stuff that does get played back later. But we see things like the the riot room where all of the, they do have riot gear, but it's all very dusty. The evidence room where the security code for getting in there is 999, which is their version of triple O yep. or 911. Yeah. Things like that. So there's the Andes. I don't know what they've been in, but they're the um, Andes with their matching moustaches and are just useless. There's the incomparable um, Olivia. Olivia Coleman. Academy Award winner, Olivia Coleman. Doris, who is my favourite character in this. And I think this would have been the first, my first kind of introduction to her because then after this she was in Peep Show and then she was in other things. Yeah, she's been in heaps of stuff, obviously. But I think this was my first. Oh, God, she's amazing. I just love her because every now and then me and Sean will just say to each other, tits. And it's all because of this <laughs> movie, like yeah, <laughs> she's so funny in this. She's such a, she's such an amazing, great. amazing comedian. Uh, so the Andes are Rafe Spall, who is is actually in uh, he's in heaps of stuff, um, but he's in Shaun of the Dead. He's one of the guys who works in the um, shop with Shaun. Oh, okay. Paddy Considine, who's in one of the um, Bourne movies, he's in heaps of stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and mostly does a lot of dramatic stuff. Jim Broadbent as Inspector Frank Butterman. Mm-hmm. But the the names are all um, Wainwright and Cartwright are like people who make like wheels and carts. Mm-hmm. Fisher, Walker, um, Thatcher, Weaver. They're all What's these. Thatcher? Butterman. Thatcher makes the, the thatched roofs. Oh, you know, when you would like yes. okay. weave the, the straw weaving. to make a yep. thatch. Yeah, okay. thatching. 
So yeah, weaver is like you know weaving cloth. So they're all very um, pure blood British. Uh, it's, I mean, it's that idea. Um, and then some of the names get a bit, you know, uh, tiller. So you till the earth. Reaper is the, is that the doctor or is that the, mm, I can't remember who Reaper was. Um, Tim Messenger, who is the terrible yeah. journalist. Well, the journalist who cannot spell. Um, Treacher, Cocker, Armstrong, Merchant, Blower as the... Um, the lawyer is quite nice. So, yeah, most of them are those, yeah, classic old English jobs, the idea being that you got your surname from yeah, from the work you were doing. Work you did, yeah. yes. Yeah. It's it's those little things that are just like it's, oh, they've just really thought mm-hmm. really carefully yep. about what they're doing and I love it. There's also a swear box in the station, which I really love because most of the swears are – blanked out except for the big one mm-hmm. just just spelled out <laughs> no, 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 i don't know if that's spelled out in the american version or not but i oh, love it probably not <laughs> oh almost certainly not would watch um, he yeah. gets to see the end the neighborhood watch meeting room where it's all he opens the doors and it's just little tv boxes everywhere it's just su- mm. like surveillance on the whole town whole town you can see the statue the, the what do you call what are they uh, the, yeah the living statue the living there. statue um all of the the, the, the hoodie kids wearing yes. their hoodies near the the fountain mm-hmm. love it so he gets to see but that yeah. room and so that's our first kind of introduction of okay that's a bit strange that they just let this random neighborhood watch guy be at the police station all day long mm. watching everything He's that's happening in the town I run a tight embedded. ship. He, yes, apparently. So Danny's in trouble. Nicholas thinks it's because he got arrested for drunk driving. But no, uh, he did something else. No, that's right. He lost his policeman's hat. Mm-hmm. And so, so he's, he's had to had buy to... them all cake. Yes. But... <laughs> but before the arrest, he will be supplying them with chunky monkey ice cream for the next month. Yes. Yeah. Which is, um, everyone loves it. <laughs> everyone's thrilled. Nicholas is appalled. Mm-hmm. They call it lunch for 11.30 um, and they're in the pub. Um, da- yeah, Danny is just so delighted at all of the suggestions of Nicholas's like real policing action. Uh, no one else is very impressed with um, with Nicholas and the Andes are oh, they're particularly unimpressed. Awful. They drive me yeah, nuts it, in but- this. But also, like every, oh no, I, I mean, they're very annoying, but I really enjoy them. Uh, but it's like, oh, you know, it's very dangerous because everyone's got guns. You know, everyone's packing around here. It's like, who? Farmers? Mm-hmm. Farmers' mums? Yep. It does, that does pay off yes. before the sure end of the does. movie. I'm not going to just repeat every joke, but it's fucking hilarious. Nicholas, we also like are reminded here he hasn't used a gun in quite a long time and he doesn't like using guns. He's he's does not intend to use guns. And he's sort of something um I'm only really aware of through uh British media, but most British police do not carry, carry guns, guns day yeah. to day. Yeah. They have like and they mentioned at the start that he was in one of the special armed units, but yeah, they don't they don't tend to have guns. Like your normal mm-hmm. beat cops don't have them. So it's pretty straightforward for him to be able to be a uh, cop 
without shooting a gun, but yeah. everyone's kind of like a bit thrilled that he was in that raid and there was someone with a Kalashnikov and Nicholas is, yeah, sorry, Danny is just like thrilled by it. So Nicholas is trying to impress on Danny that there's something, there's always something going on and like talk, they talk about Mr. Treacher who's got that huge big coat and he's like, why is he wearing a big coat? It's like, I don't know. Um, why is, you know, Lurch, oh, it's, uh, it's the guy who the plays teenager. the hound from Gain of yeah, also the teenager. Oh, yeah, because um, I love that part. Like, why has he got his hood on? I don't know. Maybe he's fuck ugly. It's fuck ugly. Um, <laughs> with something else is going on and, 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 and he's like, well, what? It's like, Danny's like, I don't know. I'm not made of eyes. Yeah, we meet we, Lurch at this point. Too, that's right. We? we meet Lurch, who, yeah, who is uh, played by the actor who plays the Hound in Game of Thrones. Ah. So, uh, something that I didn't pick up when I watched Game of Thrones and didn't pick up until I watched that happens Game of Thrones a lot, and then though. came back. Yeah, that and happens went, a lot hey! with people. You, you yeah. watch them in one thing and that you love them in, but then yeah. you won't recognize them down the track until you watch it back again or vice versa. I mean, and then, yeah. He's got quite a different look in both movies. Like he's got fake teeth in this and he's bald and in the other one he's got quite a lot of prosthetic uh, like scarring happening. So it's pretty intense. They pull over uh, the solicitor, uh, Martin Blower, and his leading lady, Eve Mm -hmm. Draper, Mm -hmm. who is played by Lucy Punch, who a thing I've read about Lucy Punch in much no but she's not great your face is like no i love her famously she has played a version of cinderella's stepsisters at least three times in different movies she has it's her thing and you sort of think oh no is she typecast i mean maybe but she loves it when she was a kid she had an ugly sister's party like she's into it yeah so anyway i love her She's she's really great. She's not in enough. Um, and I'm no, always, she's, she's one of those actors who, yeah, when they pop up in things, I'm just really mm, happy to I see agree. that. See her. Uh, we get a great scene where they've been pulled over for speeding, and Nicholas displays some of his really great policing. Where basically he just manages Martin, who's you know a he's a blower. He's pretty smooth. Manages him just by writing everything down and repeating things back to him. Mm-hmm. Danny is like, you hypnotized him. Yeah. He's like, no, it's your notebook. It's the most important, it's your most important tool. So I think they fine him and then he tries to offer them tickets to see them in Romeo yeah. and Juliet. And they're like, no. And he's like, no, no. We can't We can't take accept that. gifts from someone we formally rebuked. And then they do get. Dobbed in to just be the police representatives yeah. to go <laughs> they to the ha- end up having and see it. Anyway. So they see it anyway. Simon Pegg's face, though, like as we're cutting between the end of the play and back to the audience, like I, he, it's pretty great. It's it's pretty it's pretty good fun. We were talking about this movie. We picked this movie for this week because we had just watched Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet, and this was what two thousand and seven. So a good like a good decade Ten after. Years, yeah. yeah. Um, Baz Luhrmann's, but, um, clearly that film version had a, a very strong impact on the Sanford Amateur Dramatics version of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Um, 
They're all back on stage at the end singing um, Love Fall. Yeah, great song. I um, I love how the main two are in um, the kind of modern Romeo and Juliet's costume party costumes, which they wear. Yes. Like they're, they're in the end scene wearing those costumes. So I feel they wore those costumes yeah. the whole time. And but everybody else certainly. is in traditional Shakespearean <laughs> costumes. Elizabethan <laughs> style clothes. It's great. It's like... It just—it's just enough to make you go, "Oh, this would be terrible." But there's a part of me that would a- absolutely love to see yeah. a pretty terrible version of Romeo and Juliet done like this. I—if that ever actually happened to me, I would regret it. But <laughs> I really kind of want to see it. Uh, everyone ends up at the pub after discussing the—you know—the play. It becomes pretty clear from a chat that um, Martin and Eve are having an affair mm-hmm. and Nicholas breaks <laughs> that to Danny, who then explains why that probably is true and we get an actual spit take from Simon Pegg. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm not saying it. Oh, but um, why? it's I do. You can say it. Oh, okay. That's okay. Go on. <laughs> No, cool. I was just, but anyway, I was just he's, he's, thinking you were going to say it, but anyway. No, I can't, I can't remember the exact wording. Oh, he but, said, um, okay. He says, we just sat oh, through. It's not because we can't say oh. it. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, go for it. He's, he's like, we just sat through two hours and the kiss was the most convincing part. Oh, yeah. No, that oh, wasn't the part that I was, the part? I was talking about. What are you talking about? That was that was Nicholas's justification, and then Danny's like, "Oh, I do have reason to believe that Eve favors the older gentleman." And he's oh, like, God. "Oh, why?" <laughs> yeah, that part because oh, something about getting fingered. Someone's or brother fingered her up the duck pond. Yeah, it's like, mm. and the spit take is beautiful. <laughs> Drama of a different kind is afoot. Murder, most horrid, happens. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning, Eve, we know, the audience know information that the that the characters do not. We know that someone's come and slashed them. Mm-hmm. But the next morning they're found decapitated. <laughs> um, sorry, that was a really inappropriate place to laugh. <laughs> by a sign um, after... You know, clearly having had a car, a car accident in Martin's um, convertible mm-hmm. automobile. Yes. So I just laughed because I couldn't remember why I had written the word decaffeinated in my <laughs> notes until I said decapitated <laughs> and remembered it was um, the, the cop told me. You've just yeah, heard something um, down that sounds similar. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> no, because it's a joke in the movie. One of the, one of the things is like, you know, gets the call and they're like, decaffeinated <laughs> and it's decapitated what's his face shows up uh simon skinner shows up in his car listening to dire straits romeo and juliet mm, you know suspicious. joking very suspicious um nicholas is is very suspicious because he doesn't he lives, he lives in town he works in yeah. town there is no need Why for him to be driving past the accident scene with Romeo and, and Juliet asks, playing why do we call it one a of my favorite collision. favorite songs do you love that song I love that song oh there you go I don't mind it I don't like love it I love it probably because so of Danny, Empire Records back to Empire Records oh yeah again. probably 
Danny asks Nicholas why we're calling why we call it a collision and not an accident, and ominously because accident implies there's no one to blame. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. Um, we learn about the existence of the model village. Mm-hmm. Just commented on that in my. We go out to Webley's farm. It's one of the surnames that isn't like a traditional job, so I googled it, and Webley apparently is like one of the oldest names in that part of England, like family oh, names. Okay. So that's the old guy who has the massive ammo stash. Yes. Because they go out. go out there because he's been trimming someone's hedgerows. Yeah, and they've had to, they have yeah. to take everyone out to translate what he's saying. Yep. And so it's Nicholas and Danny and the old guy that you can't understand I'm just what he's check saying. Check his name. PC Bob Walker and his dog Saxon. Yeah, so he asks him, have you got a license for that gun? And his response is, I do for this one. And they were like, what do you mean? his response is, I do for this one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they go in and he's got every gun and bomb imaginable in his shit. He's got a sea mine. The part where they do the whole like running away from the explosion and then it doesn't explode is pretty hilarious Mm -hmm. too. So, yeah. The power of Grayskull. Oh, Exactly. So they've got an arsenal that ends up in the mm-hmm. evidence room at the station. Yes, all sorts Danny of things. Danny and Nicholas are now kind of getting along a bit better. They're in step literally and figuratively. They head to the pub. Finally, Nicholas takes up the offer to go to the pub. And um, ha- Oh, that's right. That's where we, we learn about their wine list, which is red or white. Mm. And we get Nicholas's like Nicholas finally starts to tell his backstory to to Danny, his tragic backstory of getting the pedal car from his um, uncle who was a cop. Right at the start, I had never noticed it before this viewing, but when he's packing up to move, there is a photo of a little kid in a pedal car. Oh, okay, interesting. And I'd never noticed it before. Mm. Um, and that he he'd always wanted to be a cop, and he used to ride around being extremely annoying in the neighbourhood, but then he found out his uncle was selling drugs to kids and so he never wrote it again. (laughs) Um, But he'd always wanted to be a cop except for when he, for about six months, where he wanted to be a Muppet. Mm -hmm. Like every kid. And Danny's just like, you would have been a great Muppet. Um, (laughs) It's written, like they've written this knowing that you have to play, you have to write and you have to play the two characters coming together. It's its basically a romance. Like yep. They know it. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it works because Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg have written together before and they've all worked together for years. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg's like, like they had lived together. They've been friends for years. So there's just that they're all just yeah, they so gel. on the same page. They gel. Also, yeah, this is when I noticed it because I was like, why is Nicholas's number 777? It's the number that rep- – this is thank you, Wikipedia – the number that represents the threefold perfection of the Holy Trinity. Okay. So it's sort of like a Jesus thing. Yeah, good anyway. old Jesus. My kids were um, testing each other the other day on how do you how do you spell Jesus? I was just sitting on the couch thinking, oh my God, what is what's going on? I love how <laughs> your kids didn't know that what I knew Christmas about Jesus. For. They were really <laughs> surprised when they were telling you about the nativity yeah. and you were like, and they oh, were like, there's this jo- guy and, and you're like, like oh, Joseph. Joseph. And they're like, how do you know about Joseph? 
Have you seen this story before? That was pretty, pretty classic. I massively enjoy how, so they, then they go back to Danny's place to kick on and watch the movies. Um, so he's finally got Nicholas drunk. They he finally shows him some action movies. Yes. They end up kind Do of cuddled up together Point on the Break couch. Or Bad Boys 2. Which one would you like prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? <laughs> yes. Because it's one of the things Nicholas has asked, sorry, has, has been asked by Danny. You know, have you ever been shooting your gun up in the air while saying, ah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you? He hasn't. He hasn't. Um, so meanwhile, uh, oh, well, on their way home, they do drop off local uh, drunk, annoying rich person, um, What's his name? Merchant, the the guy who owns white goods and has built a hot. Well, the house looks fine to me, but it's not in keeping with the rustic aesthetic of the town. Yeah, and so people well, don't that's like their his fault horrible. That they didn't ugly have house. bylaws and covets, aren't they called covets? Is that what they're called? Um, covets, covets, covet, something like I that. Know this where you only can have certain contracts. fences and certain styles. Yeah. so that's on them. You have, but the, yeah, they're bylaws basically. You have um, planning restrictions. Yeah, on what they, you can and can't do. Although one of the things is he had been quite good friends with Martin Blower and Eve Draper, and Eve Draper, work, Draper worked in the planning department at the council. Mm, so, so maybe who knows? She Once again, so he gets home. He's like extremely drunk. Um, and doesn't notice that people have come into his house to murder him and then set up a fake breakfast-making scenario. Yeah. So his house, like, they turn on the gas and light a candle. It explodes and burns down. Mm -hmm. The cops are there the next morning investigating, um, where it's discovered that Danny and Nicholas are the last people to see him alive. Mm -hmm. So they get a bit of stick from... um, the Andes. The Andes. And Tim Messenger is there to interview the cops, not about the murder, but just like, what's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> At this point when Nicholas is starting to suspect that there's something bigger going on, I think is is where one of the Andes calls him Dr. Sherlock. Dr. Sherlock. <laughs> Top notch as an insult for a person who's, you know, yeah. I think also, oh, we didn't talk about um, the swan. So a swan goes missing and Nicholas thinks it's a joke call because Peter Ian Staker has called it in, piss taker. But no, um, he's a real person. The swan, they see the swan. The swan pops up a few times. In the credits, the swan is credited as his name is Elvis in real life. Elvis the swan. Elvis the swan. Did you know in England, well, like probably the whole UK, the Queen owns all the swans? Oh, I think I have heard that before, actually. Yeah, it's that the law. Like something that I have heard. So even yeah, if you bought a swan and it's your swan, no, it's not. You can't. Legally, you, you can't. Like, you could own a swan, but legally it's still the Queen's swan. So if someone, like, well, sold you a queen, swan, like, it's fraud. She, and every like, year do, they do an audit so and they is count it like them all. Through Centrelink, like if you're looking after a swan, can you claim <laughs> through Centrelink or whatever it's called in the UK to get your payments so you can care for your swan? What if you swan? What think, if a swan gets sick? Who pays for that? The Queen. Obviously, the Queen would have to. 
That's got to be how it is, right? Yeah, it has to be. You would write to Buckingham Palace and be like, dear Queen. Dear Lizzie. You know, you'd have to say like, your Royal Highness. (laughs) Your Royal Highness. Elvis the Swan. I am having swan problems. Did she have to okay that that swan was used in the movie? Oh, my God. I don't know. I would love that. Well, exactly. (laughs) Like, is this a trained swan? It's still the Queen Swan. Does she get a kickback? Like, does she have to give special permission for I swan need training? I know more about this swan. So then there's a church fate. So Nicholas has to <laughs> be the cop, okay. like, on duty. Also another favourite line because there's a big spit roast happening at the, the stake. Oh. <laughs> there's a spit roast happening at the fair and um, yeah. Olivia Coleman's character, Doris, is just like, that's me after a few pints. <laughs> Love it. I swear I didn't pick that up the first time I watched it. And the first time I noticed her joke, I was like, <gasps> I know, scandalized. It's so funny. The, the stuff Fully. she says. Oh. Um, I wouldn't mind a bit of girl on girl. And, <laughs> and then this, and the stuff that the old guy um, says after it is always, yeah. It's yeah always he always like, just has a one word of like, I think he's the one yeah, that goes like, tits. After, after. He is. Stuff. And I think there's like, a, I've been around the station a few times. There's one where he definitely is like, Cock. Yeah. And they're all great. They're all really good. There's like a, a like a, a, a toy um like carny rifle range set up. Um and Danny's encouraged Danny and his dad are both dressed as cowboys. Mm. Um one of the cops is like we see his son and he's got Spider Man face <laughs> and then he, his dad also does. And I love it. The Andes are both there in in, in shorts and, and they've got their popped collars as <laughs> you do in the mid two thousands if you're kind of a tool. Um yeah, Danny really, really wants Nicholas to do the shooting range to show off his shooting skills and, mm. and Nicholas is like, You know how I feel about firearms, but he can't help to try and impress Danny and he shoots them all and he wins the cuddly monkey mm-hmm. for Danny. And then Danny gets the, the it's like an air rifle and immediately shoots the doctor in the foot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's just, it, I just find it really funny. And he's like, he feels really bad. And he's like, <gasps> Nicholas is like, oh no, he's a doctor. He can deal with it. Tim Messenger is having a chat with Leslie Tiller who owns the, plant nursery mm-hmm. and um, Nicholas sees this because he's, you know, he is made of ice yeah, and he's, he's always observant. paying attention. Yeah. And then Tim Messenger comes and he sets a time. He wants to talk to Nicholas about something important. Mm-hmm. Three o'clock under the church tower. But when we hit three o'clock, uh, Nicholas is having to draw the raffle. Yes. This is like the grisliest part I of the I movie. I can't watch this, this part. I always yeah. kind of go, oh, and then I have to, I watch, I watch, through fingers <laughs> over my face, it's, basically this part every yeah. time. And if you haven't seen on. it and it's the first time that you've seen it, it really catches you off guard, mm. doesn't it? I re- I remember being very thrown by how bloody it was. Yeah. Like there's digital sort of like splash on the camera, I think, or it's like mm, it's pretty it's full on. Full on. And at this point, I'm kind of relieved that the CG isn't, too good yeah. because if it was any better, it would be unwatchable. So oh. Nicholas does make it around to see Tim Messenger, but but just as Tim starts to speak, he is smooshed in the head by one of the stone spires from the ter- church, which mm. just like 
obliterates his head and it yeah. is grisly. Yeah, and he's kind of like walking around for a little bit. <laughs> Like a chicken that's just lost their head, <laughs> just continues to it's, walk around for a little bit until um he falls it's over. It's really a lot. It's really it's a, a lot. lot. It's very grisly. Nicholas runs up the church tower, but he's unable to catch anyone. He's well, we see that there's one of our hooded figures has mm-hmm. pushed it off, and this is what Nicholas suspects, but he's not able to catch anyone. He declares that it is a crime scene, and all of the cops are there, even though they're all um, off duty. They're all incredibly unthrilled to discover that this accident actually does require police work, but Inspector mm-hmm. Butterman agrees with um, Nicholas that, nope, Everyone gets a, a job. They're all, like, really unthrilled. It's a great line from one of the Andes where it's like they have to do something. It's like, oh, but he's got shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> and just the, the, the indignity of a cop in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then Danny um, – so Nicholas – it starts raining and Nicholas has got his, like, little – hat protector over his police hat and Danny's got a, a hat protector over his cowboy hat. Um <laughs> And they have an argument. They have a they have a fight about how Nicholas is really unable to switch off and obsessing over these possible crimes, and and then Nick Frost runs off with his monkey, and it's absolutely <laughs> adorable. So the village of the year competition is coming up. We actually yes. something I noticed I, that I hadn't really noticed before, but in the first scene when Nicholas's sergeant is telling him about where they're placing him mm-hmm. as a cop, he mentions that it's one village, village of the year yeah, many yeah. times. Yes. Yeah. And in the scene where he sees – the first scene where he sees the newspaper, it's mentioned too. Yeah. Like it's it's It's, it's the big annual um, competition. Yeah. And I think it's Very mentioned a couple of times. Town. Like we've got mm. – it's coming up when they've had their um, meetings, their creepy – town meeting. Um it gets mentioned, you know, oh village it's coming up. We've got to do something about that living statue that's mm-hmm. come back into town. So Nicholas is uh bitching at the Andes for them not doing detective work and they're like, well, they're not gonna read the Sanford Citizen the whole way through. And so he realizes, right, I'm gonna sit down and so he reads through all of the old paper. And yes, there are many, many typos. Tim Messenger was n- badly in need of a copy editor. Mm. Danny comes around and they make up and he's helping him do the the research and, and investigation. And then we discover that it's Danny's birthday. Mm-hmm. And didn't tell Nicholas because he was just having such a good time being cops with him. Yeah. And so when they're doing cake, uh, Nicholas runs off to get him a present and he goes to Leslie Tiller's nursery. Yeah. And she asks, and he he's, wants to buy him a Japanese piece of lily yeah. like he's got and loves because it's great. It cleanses the air and it's it's nice. Mm-hmm. And she asks if it's for someone special, and he says yes, it is. And it's like, oh, I know. It's and then nice. Leslie is just chattering away, and she's telling him about all that she's going to move yeah. away. She's going to close the nursery down. She's moving away, and all of the. Cracks in Nicholas's research start to get filled by what Leslie is telling him. The land she's got is is very valuable, and the other people who've been killed off knew this. Yep, and had planning permits happening, and and she didn't know until Tim Messenger told her right before he got killed at Mm -hmm. the at the town fete. 
And so now she knows that and the people who were all planning to offer her really low ball her on the price have died. She's got in touch with the people from the city and she's going to sell it up. Yep. Um, and, you know, it'll annoy her cousin Sissy, but apparently cousin Sissy can go Nicholas's realisation of what's happening. He runs back to his car to get his trusty notebook. Yes. Because for a second he let his guard down and he wasn't in cop mode. He was in getting Danny a present Plant mode. mode. Yeah. But while he's out at the car, Leslie Tiller cops the guard and she is to the throat, oh, which again no, is another, another really oh, no. it's, they get gnarly. They get They start to get really full on, don't they? <laughs> they really do. And it's a pretty great um, chase scene uh, where Nicholas sees – the, the killer escaping and he throws his baton through the glass window so we can jump through it and chase them. It, look, it's a pretty great chase scene. It's mm-hmm. um, it's pretty excited. Uh, it's pretty exciting. So he goes back to the station. Um, he's really blowing his top at everyone and he gets called in by um, Sergeant uh, Inspector Butterman. This is also the first time I noticed that the old-timey police outfit, like the Victorian-era police outfit, mm-hmm. is in a glass cabinet in oh. in his office. Yeah, I'd never noticed that before. And Frank is, is telling him that, look, this is very hard for the other police because there hasn't been a recorded murder in Sanford for 20 yeah. years. Recorded. And and he's like, you know, everyone's like, you've been watching too many films. And Danny's like, he hasn't, <laughs> which I love. He really hasn't. Uh, and Nicholas reveals to Danny that he bought him a plant for his birthday, but it's been impounded as evidence. evidence. Yeah. <laughs> so Nicholas Angel, he's he's been broken. As our protagonist, he's having his like dark night of the soul where he's doubting everything and he's doubted by everyone. Frank Butterman sends him to sleep on it, mm-hmm. have a think about his place See in the town. See how you feel in the morning. Because as he was told at the start, the, the last cop they sent from London, really he fell apart. He couldn't, he couldn't, he thought it was going to be easy and he couldn't hack it. Although he did have one thing. This is a line that I use in life all the time, even though there was just not that much call for it. But that previous cop had one thing that Nicholas didn't have. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> Say that like literally anytime someone has a beard. I can't help myself. Anyway. So Nicholas is really starting to think, am I am I being paranoid? Maybe I have built this up to be something. Maybe it is just an accident. Mm. A series of extremely, increasingly gory accidents. <laughs> yes. He goes back to the hotel. And our hooded figure comes for him. Mm-hmm. And it's Lurch. Yarp. His name is actually Michael. Yarp. Also that. Also a lot of Yarp. <laughs> um, they have a great scrap in the hotel room, which culminates in Nicholas actually having to use his Japanese peace lily and smash the pot over his head um, and knocks him out. And then the, the little... <laughs> walkie-talkie buzzers uh. and it's it's Simon Skinner mm-hmm. um cousin sissy cousin sissy um asking if everything's got okay and yarp yep. yarp and then you know he's not going to get back up and just uh, he thinks about it no no 
Like, fortunately, nah, question mark kind of thing. Fortunately, correct answer. Um, he calls, does he call the, I think he, I can't remember if he calls Frank or Danny, but he does use the Bad Boys 2 line, this shit just got real. I think he calls this Danny. Story is about think, to bust wide open. Yeah. He goes to the castle because he's learned through the walkie-talkie that that's where they will be. Mm-hmm. We see the NWA meeting, you know, around their big circular table outside. in hooded outside <laughs> because it's dark and creepy, all in hoods, and they're chanting in Latin, and you know what they're chanting in Latin? What? Oh, for the greater good? Of course. Bingo. Yeah. Of course. So they're all there. Nicholas arrives and – um. Oh, no, that's right. They're explaining to the committee while he's, like, arriving that, you know, Nicholas is going to have an accident and that they're going to find him in the morning that he slipped in the shower and broken his neck. And what a shame. But he rocks up and he's like, nope, I'm still alive, bitches. Well, he doesn't say that, but I'm, you know. He brings an I'm still alive, bitches energy vibe to it. Yeah, and we find out that the sergeant is actually, like, the grand poobah. Of, yeah, of all he's of this. involved. He's not only and involved; he, he's like it ring mastered it. Ring mastered it. Ring leader. He's the ring leader. <laughs> I mean, okay, ring master. Same thing. Same. It's not same. quite right. Grand and he shows up. Yeah, he. It was his brainchild. He mm. shows up in that Victorian era police outfit, yes. which is super creepy. Um. And that the reason behind it was that, yeah, his his wife had always dreamed of getting the town to be village of the year. And when it fell apart, she lost her mind. And so they have manipulated the town to be perfect. Mm. And then the reasons that all of these people got murdered were not about the, the bypass and the money. They were literally that Merchant's house was horrible and they thought it was tacky and that eve had a very annoying laugh (laughs) and tim messengers typos yeah and leslie was leaving you know and if they can't have her no one no one can because she you know her horticulture was important very important to the town so Nicholas is still going to try and arrest them all, even though he's like massively outnumbered and his boss is there. He's like, no, I'm sorry, but you will all have to come back to the station with me. And then Danny shows up and you have that real moment of not Danny. Mm, I mean, the first time you see it. Not you too, Danny. Um, Not you too, Danny. Nicholas gets away, but gets under the the castle. Yeah, to like a dungeon. And we see where they've put everyone Mm -hmm. who caused problems in the town. We see... The living statue. The living statue. <laughs> we see all of the kids who got arrested for underage drinking. We see a, a great big bushy beard. Bushy beard. Yeah, skeleton. Yes. <laughs> we see Danny stab Nicholas mm-hmm. and it all seems to have gone wrong. But then we see later that another thing that was beautifully foreshadowed was the use of little single serving tomato sauce packets to yeah. as to fake blood stabbed as, as like fake squibs. Fake it's fantastic. Yeah. So he gets Nicholas out alive, and Nicholas is trying to explain because of course Danny didn't arrive at the start to see everyone basically confess to the crime. So Danny's still like not really convinced that his dad is the bad guy. 
Mm-hmm. He also says the, the incredibly beautiful line when Nicholas is talking about seeing all of these um, skeletons under there is he don't know nothing about no skeletons. <laughs> and just the, the West Country accents are amazing. So they argue, Nicholas is like, we can go and we can get all of the cops, we can get the blue fury of the Metropolitan Police Service to come and solve things and and Danny's just not sure. Mm. And so Nicholas is heading back to London on his own. So Nicholas is going back to the city to get the cops and he stops at a servo and he sees a rack of sunglasses mm-hmm. and a rack of DVDs yep. because as as That's we were back in was, the time, yeah. of, you could get was, sunglasses you know? and DVDs at your servo. Yeah. I mean, you could mm-hmm. probably still get sunglasses, but I don't know. DVDs probably. Oh, hang on. We get, we get DVDs in our, our IGA has DVDs still. And every time I oh, see them, awesome. I'm like, who still uses DVDs? Nicholas thinks this is, he's going to do it. He's going to action movie his way out of this. Mm-hmm. So he rolls back into town. He's driving um, Danny's car. We arrive in town. We've got a farmer and a farmer's mum. <laughs> um, it's morning again at this point, isn't it? It's morning it? again. Yeah. That's right, yeah. We discover that farmers' mums indeed are packing guns. Mm, big time. Um, but And Nicholas is fine with kicking farmers' mums in the face. Yeah. Well, if she's Pretty got funny. a machine gun or like and shooting you, got, yeah, all bets are off. The other cops clearly have no idea what went down the night before. Um, and have not been warned about Nicholas because he rolls into the station, goes into the evidence room, arms up with all of the um, confiscated weapons, and rolls back out and gets on a no horse. One, no, gets on a and horse. And the only comment made is, "I didn't know we had a mounted division." Like, <laughs> thank you, the the twin desk sergeants. <laughs> he rides his horse, and this is where the action movie references go into overdrive. So um, to prepare for this, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright interviewed a lot of police Mm -hmm. about their experiences, but also watched at least 200 action movies to really just absorb the genre so that they could do it justice. The hoodie school kids who have somehow avoided (laughs) being murdered are there and he's like, do you, you know, do you want to do something helpful? You want to really help? And he gives them all a whole lot of um, spray paint and they go around spraying the... CCTV? CCTV. Danny arrives and they join up. Um, Treacher, the guy who was in the huge coat who mm-hmm. Nicholas was like, well, what is he hiding? Nothing. No, he's hiding a big fucking shotgun. Yeah. And it all kicks off. Everyone is packing weapons. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. I know. It's pretty great because they're all senior citizens, basically. (laughs) And a lot of them were cast specifically because they have history of, like, being villains and in British movies. Like, this is a cast of... of, Most of these actors were people I didn't recognise, but they were, like... He really specifically chose his cast to cast people who, like, had played villains or had been in horror and, Ah. like, again, I think if you were, like, a British film buff, there's that extra layer in the film. Um, You know the guy who – the one that I did recognise at the time where I was thinking I know him, the Reverend, Mm -hmm. is Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
I love how the shop lady is taken out, not by being shot or anything, but because she's got the one school child at a time rule in her shop <laughs> and uh, the door dings every time someone runs in and all, a whole lot of kids run in there and it, like that takes her out. That's Yeah. Uh, he knocks Traitor over with kegs. A lot of the shots, I love that a lot of the shots are actually – Nicholas is trying really hard not to shoot a person. He will try to, like, shoot something in the environment to knock them out. Yes. Um, The school teacher who has, like, a couple of guns under her, like, under her thermos, I think, or under her (laughs) picnic blanket, she gets taken out with a door by Danny, which is how he um, joins the scene. There's this bit where then, oh, we've got the the camera swirling around them like bad boys too. Um, there's a bit when then they're running down and they like, um, cross paths, which I think is from hard boiled is definitely from a Hong Kong action movie. They're just throwing all of these in. We have, we go back to the hotel and we have fascist and hag thrown at each other. Her husband pulls the swords down from above the fireplace and we have a sword fight. It's It's, just, it's just boom, 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 boom. Until it's the payoff, payoff, payoff. The priest comes out and pleads to them <laughs> for you, you know, aren't a man of peace. God, but surely you're a man of peace. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then he pulls in, and then he has like the little his little guns like, like yeah. in his, his sleeve that he like throws his arms, and they like shoot out. It's uh-huh. so good, and so Nicholas does get shot. But we do then have that classic action movie moment of, oh, no, he's been shot, but it's okay. He had armour on because he always wears his stab vest, even yes. though everyone's like, it's the country. You don't need to wear your armour. He's always got he's his good. body armour yeah. on. He, he knows better. There's a big shootout in the pub. Yeah. They do some diving while shooting with two guns, which is very Hong Kong cinema, very mm-hmm. Hollywood late 90s yes. action movie. Um the bear trap on the wall gets deployed, which is pretty brutal. The cops show up everyone to arrest shows up. Danny and yeah. everyone shows up. Frank Butterman has these great little driving gloves, like these little leather driving gloves at this point, which is kind of like the, I feel like it's this um, costuming symbol of him still having crossed over. He's We know he's the mm-hmm. bad guy because he's got these weird little gloves. Gloves on now. Because yeah. he's back in his normal police uniform. He's not in his Victorian era police mm-hmm. uniform. And also Nicholas is trying to explain to everyone, he wins over his fellow police. Why is the the crime rate so low? But the accident rate is so, so high, high and really wins them over. Mm. As they Frank Butterman runs him. off, they believe him and they're like, maybe you should knock it off. And so he runs off and in the audio track, as he's like, I think he shoots the light fixture down so he can make his escape. Mm-hmm. And there's fully like, I think, a tiger roaring in the audio track as he like runs off. Like it's just really next level. Go and listen to it. Like pop it on. I might watch yeah, it after this actually again. Well, yeah, I've, um, it's halfway I mean, it's been in my lounge room. Weeks. So. Watch <laughs> for that because I swear it's like a lion roar or a tiger roar as he like oh. takes off. So they head into the IGA. Tony is the cop who's always like kind of, he was the Spider-Man cop and he's mm-hmm. always like, oh, what do we do? And looks to Nicholas to to come yeah, up with a plan. And he's like, do. yes, we'll do that. But this no, time this Tony's time. actually like, 
this is what we're going to do. We're going to take, they won't be expecting us. We're going to take it. Oh, but uh, he's great. He's got the plan. They're all like leveling up as cops. Yeah. It's It's the Andes versus the Butchers. It's Nicholas Mm -hmm. versus Lurch. It's Doris versus what's her face. Smacks her. (laughs) I feel like Olivia, like, mostly got the Oscar for that movie, but a little bit got the Oscar for this and maybe that line (laughs) specifically, just a little bit. Maybe. If I was an Academy voter, I would have been, like, voting for both. Uh, yeah, but yeah, the, the trading like of quips. with Jesse Plemeth, how yeah. I would have just purely been voting for Prince Joaquin. Prince Joaquin, yeah. <laughs> Don't There's do quips. It, guys. There's one of the Andes going ape shit because the other one he thinks he's been shot, but actually they just shot a, a jar of bolognese and it's not <laughs> blood. It's just, it's so good. Uh, another another line that I'm constantly either quoting and people don't know or I'm just saying in my head is where. Nicholas has fought Lurch and won, and then he comes back and Danny asks if he said a cool line um, when, like, you think he threw him into the freezers and he's like, didn't you, like, make it? And he's like, no, but earlier. Where's Lurch? Uh, He's in the freezer. Did you say cool off? No, I didn't say anything, actually. Shame. There was a bit earlier on that you missed when uh, I distracted him with the cuddly monkey, and then I I said, playtime's over, and I hit him with the peace lily. You're off the fucking chain! So it's the favourite line isn't... Stay back or the ginger nut gets it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the bit where Danny's like, you know, did you did you do a good quip? And he's like, no. And Danny's like, shame. And now that I've said that, you're going to notice how often I say that with that tone of voice. And it's because I'm always shame. thinking of, of Danny Butterman. Um, shame. While this is all going on in in their local IGA, the village of the year assessors arrive. <laughs> Who in real life are – so there's two two ladies and a gentleman. The women are Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's mums. Oh. And I think the man might have been one of Edgar Wright's teachers. Oh, wow. But I love that okay. it's their mums. It's really yep. sweet. Have a look when we watch it and we'll see if they if we can work out who's who, if they like resemble who's their mums. Yeah, who's mum. In any way. Who's mum's who? Um there's also a bit in this where Danny is shooting and he's actually saying bang bang as he shoots. And I love it. Simon Skinner, Frank Butterman comes in and collects Simon Skinner and then he gets away and they're heading down the model village. Mm-hmm. Where we're gonna have our big final showdown. It's it's like Godzilla. They're huge. Mm-hmm. The poor random kid there that needs to, they need to get out of the way. Well, that's it. Well, well, actually, yeah, they're not going to the, I'm just realising now, they're not going to the model village. They see the swan and swerve off the road and end that's up right. at the model village. And that's the Danny ginger nut. That's the ginger nut. That's Is the ginger the, nut. At the model village. Yes, Aaron A. Aronson. My, my notes are yeah. a bit out of order. <laughs> Your notes became covid at this point. Um <laughs> So they swerve off the road and crash the car and end up in the model village. Mm. But Danny and Nicholas are better cops and they pull over, apprehend Elvis the Swan Mm -hmm. and make it to the model village. Simon Skinner's got a box cutter. He's threatening to, yeah. Stay back or the ginger nut will get it. Yeah, Aaron A. Aronson is having none of that, although he is definitely having a moment that, he's going to have to talk to his therapist about in future <laughs> years. But he just bites him on the hand really hard. Yeah. 
and gets away. Teeth Danny are underrated gets, in a fight. Really underrated. They really are. Danny gets to have the point break moment where he has the chance to shoot his dad, but he can't do it. Mm-hmm. And he has this angst and he screams. Rolls on his and back. And yells, rolls in his on his back and screams into the air and shoots his gun and goes, ah. 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 Actually, Nicholas doesn't even, like, really apprehend Simon Skinner because um, no, he, he slips on a he slips <laughs> on the truck that, um, like, the, the IGA brand the grocery, truck. Yeah, the grocery truck. Yeah, the grocery truck slips, uh, in, like... Impales st- himself. Oh, this is also disgusting and grisly. Yeah. Impales his chin on the spire of the church, uh-huh. model village church, and gets stuck there and he's like oh. just stuck there, trapped, <laughs> alive and in a lot of pain. Oh, it gives me chills even thinking about it. I know, it. it's gross. It's really gross. And every time they cut back to him, it's like, nah. And so I guess, and then things kind of get resolved. So they're yeah, wrapping they things up. They, they, they bring him. Him, everyone in and then we've got everyone The police chopper there. comes in and they offer Nicholas the chance to go back to London, but he's like, no, I've, I've got a significant amount mm-hmm. of paperwork. And then we cut to everyone in the in the um, Office. station doing the paperwork. Yeah, and in- loving it. They've finally yeah, actually that, got police work to do. That was in there because of the interviews that they did with real cops where many of the cops mentioned that, the paperwork side of the job, just like that never, ever comes up in movies about cops yeah. or TV shows. That and they're like, that's just one of the stuff. things that's, yeah, really unrealistic is that it just things that then get solved and no one ever does paperwork. So yeah. they, they really put it in there. We're there. We get the mug shots. So all of the villagers did survive. And this was um, the best part for going back and having a look at what their surnames were. <laughs> um, but we get the mug shots. Everyone's doing the paperwork. Danny's become a better cop. He's quoting official vocab mm-hmm. guidelines. Nicholas has loosened up and tells a rude joke about Doris. But no, the last NWA guy is still has uh-huh. been still upstairs in his Watching little everything control his little... room. Yep. And he's not letting go. Danny takes the, sh- the shot to save Nicholas, which is terrible. Yeah, because he comes down to shoot them. Comes down to shoot them. And he goes to shoot um, Nicholas and Danny like leaps in front of him. him. And really takes like a a shotgun to the gut. And apparently the sea mine hasn't been fully deactivated and it explodes. So it explodes the NWA guy. It explodes. I love how everyone is dusty but pretty uninjured, although the entire place is reduced to rubble. Yeah. Well, but everyone is fine except for Danny, who movie. has been shot. We are in a movie. Also, Saxon the dog is okay. I did want to note that the dog is all right. Yes, it's like we get a shot of Saxon after the the police yeah. station has exploded, just to prove that the dog is it's fine. okay. Yeah, it is very important that movies are clear when animals the dog are is involved. Okay. Yes, yeah. And then we cut to one year later. Mm-hmm. Nicholas is leaving his lovely. It is a lovely cottage. Mm-hmm. He's still in Sanford and he goes to the graveyard and I was very upset the first time I was watching this thinking, no. I was very upset this time because I for- forgot what <laughs> what was happening. And you think, no, no, oh my Danny. God, Danny but- has died. Danny died? Because he was looking rough at yeah, the, in was. that last scene. But no, Danny, right. Because, yeah, like Nicholas is taking flowers to the graveyard, but mm-hmm. no, they're there. 
for Danny's mum mm-hmm. and Danny is okay and ha- Nicholas is bringing flowers for Danny's mum at the graveyard so I'm confident that they're a couple now but <laughs> that's not confirmed in the in the text. Danny is a sergeant now and Nicholas is the inspector mm-hmm. and they roar off to, they roar off to do police work. Don't laugh at me for smacking my microphone because I was too excited with my hand waving. And that's the end. And we get Hot Fuzz. We Sorry, you get caught by the fuzz playing Supergrass. I've been coming up on I my thought, playlist yes. a lot lately. Yeah, so it's it's Supergrass. It's great music. Like it's, it, it's Yeah, so the end. With respect, sir, you can't just make people disappear. Yes, I can. I'm the chief inspector. This was filmed in Wells, Somerset, Ed Wright's hometown. And a couple of notes I had written also... Edward Woodward is the last NWA guy who was mm-hmm. – he was the, the cop in The Wicker Man, the, oh, not the Nicolas Cage wow. version, the original version of a cop who goes to a town and discovers that there's a creepy secret society yeah. doing murders. So it was that, that kind of casting where yeah, they were really – Really clever. Thinking about it. So anyway, I love this movie a lot. Mm. But we need to talk about Copaganda. Oh, okay. So Copaganda is can, can refer to a number of things. Content produced by police departments and, and individual police that makes them seem, you know, warm and fuzzy. Favourable, yeah. Yeah. Or fictional media content that lionises or props up police and policing is always morally correct. Mm-hmm. There's, I will also, I've got a lot of things to link to uh, for this because um, there's some really good media out there about propaganda. There's um, a good YouTube series I'll link to where they talk about how propaganda started. Like in the US, if you go back to like the 40s and 50s, a lot of films and TV about that had policing in it were often really quite critical. Like you mm-hmm. get like Keystone Cops and, and police are really kind of shambolic and crappy. And then that changed and that changed basically as police uh, units started to get involved with, they could provide um, more information and support to the productions, but they got um, the right to contribute to and sign off on scripts Uh, and basically started to really build these relationships where you had to, Make, make the cops the good guys. So that, mm-hmm. I think, started with um, Dragnet in the US had a deal with the LAPD where the LAPD would give them support and, and, and the promotion, but they got to sign off on the on the scripts. Okay. So I've got a, few, a couple of videos that I'll link to if you want to – people want to know a bit more about propaganda. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is another example of a show that we both love. Mm-hmm that then really had to confront this because they um, had, well, like six or seven seasons of a show that was, yeah, the cops are always the good guys and got to the end and found that with Black Lives Matter that last season, they really needed to address the problems mm. in policing in the US. Okay. And they did. They threw out I all of the scripts. I haven't seen the last season. Oh, it's worth seeing. So basically they took the scripts that they had for that final season and it was a reduced run. It was like a it's a short final season. It's mm-hmm. like 10 or 13. And 
and throughout, I'm not, I won't go into the details. I'll spoiler in. If so, if you haven't seen them, you can go and watch that. But throughout all the scripts and rewrote it from scratch to address Black Lives Matter and the idea of defunding the police Mm -hmm. and what other options are for communities, basically. Mm -hmm. Danny's view of policing in this movie has been completely shaped by his dad and movies. He's Mm -hmm. got this completely copagandized view of policing that really, when you look at it, does get broken down by Nicholas coming in and and trying not to glamorize his experiences mm-hmm. and that being stabbed in the hand was the most pain the single most painful experience in his life and then Danny asks like what was the second most painful experience mm-hmm. and just kind of is not getting it um so the film really like they do spend a bit of time breaking down before then kind of giving into the fact yeah. that yeah but actually it is a lot of fun to watch people running around fighting crime with guns and kicking and fights. Ultimately, the good cops chase the bad apple cop out and that they win the day. Um, a thing that I knew before this and, and went back and researched is Simon Pegg. Um, he studied cinema at the University of Bristol and he wrote his undergraduate thesis on, it is titled, a Marxist overview of popular 1970s cinema and um, hegemonic discourses. So what it's about, and I've got a quote from him from an interview because I read that and it was like, even as a big nerd, I don't, I cannot explain what that thesis mm-hmm. is supposed to be about. Okay. okay, so this is a quote, a link to the interview that this is from. The main thrust of it was that if you watch any kind of television or theatre or film that has certain kinds of themes or opinions and you don't critically recognise them, then you consent with them. And so the mm-hmm. idea being that – and it, it, his thesis wasn't about propaganda. I think it was um, about fascist themes in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And basically if you uncritically yeah. uh, accept that the Empire great, you're, you're a fascist. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was really interesting um, because Simon Pegg, someone who clearly <laughs> has thought a lot critically about this – making this film – and he does in this interview, it was actually done around the time of Hot Fuzz and he talks about that, that at the end you do kind of get this, what they're driving off to do after they've been in the graveyard is that they're off to um, harass some hippie types who are messing with the bins behind the supermarket. And he's like, well, mm-hmm. fully aware that actually, yeah, this is what they've kind of got is that they have just replaced the bad guys, the bad cops with a almost fascistic kind of situation where all the cops are in charge now. So I thought that was interesting that making the film, Simon Pegg was still really aware and critical of what they were doing in an action movie while still really successfully making a really fun action movie that really enjoy watching. Yeah. I, you know what, though? I just realised mm. when we were recapping this, I don't think there's one black no, person in this not, whole is there. movie. Yeah. It's not at all. Does it pass the Bechdel, Bechdel test? The Be- Bechdel no, test? I don't think so. I don't think it does either because I don't think – oh, no, it might because I was thinking this the other day. It, You've oh, got to have names, have names and they – I don't know if their names are private – are like spoken to us though. There are – but they're talking about a man too. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the shop ladies – talking yep. but they are just talking about yep. 
yep. angel. So I don't think I, other than I don't that think so. conversation between two women with names. So no, I don't, I don't think, think it, it does. The fight in the supermarket either. definitely doesn't count. No, good point. No. Yeah, it doesn't pass, pass the Bechdel test, which a lot of action movies don't. Uh, a lot it, of movies don't, no. I, t- I mean, the only black people in it are <laughs> Will Smith and um, Martin Lawrence in the scenes that they've taken from Bad Boys 2. I wonder and how that, much yeah, the licensing was for that. Yeah. I wonder if there could have been or if there is, I'll go back and watch it to see, um, if they could have had more black people in the the starting kind mm. of scenes when they are in London and there's officers and they throw him yeah. a party, a farewell, yep. you're going party. And when he's at the yeah. forensics house happening, whether there could have been more yeah. opportunity there to. But it was 15 years ago where we weren't Thoughtful, as um, yeah. careful and thoughtful with how we do yep. things and being inclusive. Or it could so, be intentional yeah. and about the fact that these structures of power generally in the UK are white. I suspect it's a bit of both. Yeah. I suspect it wasn't fully intentional. It's, yeah, I think so. But Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's just how it was yep. done and back Yeah, then and I suspect not passing well, that. Yeah. Because I think Shaun of the Dead is pretty white yes. as well, isn't it? I believe so. I'm just, I'm thinking really hard, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it is. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah me too, on the yeah. fly, but I think it's pretty Which white. You, yeah, not what England but is. But that also speaks to that they are kind of guys that um, employ their mates and their friends and probably is quite, um, shows what their actual circle, circle is like. Yeah. Kind of looks like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What their world looks like. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we should be looking at the Bechdel test more often yeah, than we We definitely should. Movies. I kind of forget mm. about it a bit, but we definitely should yep. kind of keep that going forward that we, we look into that a little bit. So when I was picking our next movie, Kate. I've been waiting for so long. I know, me too. And I've kind of ummed and ahed. But originally because it was going to come out for Easter. Oh, yeah. And so I was kind of trying to pick an Easter movie. Are there Easter movies? Because it was going to come out. Well, it was really, really hard. I mean, I guess Um, there's The the Passion of Christ. um, Well, that's what I was about to say. (laughs) No. Like, I kind of went, well, my options are Hop. (laughs) <laughs> which is a great movie, which I have to watch every year. I bet I've you got do. Children and it's Easter. Um, so my options are Hop or Passions of the Christ, yeah, I, basically. I don't want to do that. Um, and then I was like, no, I'll stick with a bunny theme. I'll still do a bunny, <gasps> a bunny movie. It's not what you oh. think. Or it might be. I've... I, I think I I thought about what you think it might be. But we're going to do Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (gasps) That is not the two movies that crossed my mind, but that's fantastic. Oh, I'm really excited. You were thinking it was Donnie Darko time, weren't you? Yeah, I was thinking it was Donnie Darko time. Sorry, that was what I thought. (laughs) And that's why I led you down that garden path because I knew that's where your brain would go. You fully did. And I did get very excited thinking, (gasps) oh, 
it's time for Frank. And then okay, I thought maybe now, it was going to be Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh, I didn't even know that movie. It's a Wallace and Gromit movie. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, no, great I, choice. Look, I kind of thought, do I stick to my Easter theme or then I accidentally, I'll tell you, <laughs> in the last week, I accidentally nearly picked not one, not two, but three Leonardo DiCaprio movies before I went, oh, no, I can't do that. I nearly picked Shutter Island because oh I saw a thing for it and I went, oh, Shutter Island, that's such a great movie. And then I went, oh, it's a Leo movie, I can't. And then I was watching Vivo the other morning um, and a song, you remember the song for the beach? Yes. Take me to the beach. And I went, oh, the beach, that's a great movie. I haven't seen that in years. Maybe I should pick the beach. And I was like, oh, that's a Leo movie. And then this morning I was scrolling through movies mm. to get some inspiration because I was still unsure whether I will do Roger Rabbit. Yep. But Good we choice. will be. But um, I saw Inception and I was like, oh, maybe we should do Inception. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm bad. I'm literally Banned from Leo movies. You've got to get our anniversary is the 22nd. <laughs> You've got to get through the rest of the year before you can add another Leo movie to the slate. And hello to our listener who when I uh, posted on Insta the other day about what is your comfort movie because it was a good um, – it was, it was a good post that I uh, put, on, put on the wall about um, women loving comfort movies that are actually like horrifying. And yeah, I yeah. always take the opportunity to drag you about prisoners. Um, Shout out to prisoners. Great uh, Can't wait to do it one day. Hello to our listener who uh, replied about Inception, which is also one of my comfort movies and a movie I've probably watched at least 10 times. Because, yeah, you know, mm. a, a movie yeah. about Leonardo DiCaprio um, having to go and do crimes so that he can get back to his children who live overseas with Michael Caine. That's He's super soothing. so great. Oh, we're going to do Inception at some point. All of those all of those Leo choices, Amy, are great movies and I do want to cover them at some point. I know. Um, I know. You know. It's really hard. I, it's really hard. It is hard. And it's something that I n- didn't know about myself until this year that I am like a fanatic Leo fan. I'm really I, shocked that I consider. I knew I loved him, but oh. I consider the mum and dad of this podcast to be Jake Gyllenhaal and Kirsten Dunst. We haven't co- covered either of their movies, Amy. <laughs> I know. I I think I purposely don't pick yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal movies because I don't want to seem like a crazy Jake Gyllenhaal lover. Yeah. But but somehow I've you, accidentally become a Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. I, don't know. I think you infuse fanatic. the fanaticism about both of them in, into the show anyway. So, oh, I'm really excited. I'm really excited. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great movie. Blast from the past. We saw that together at Hoyt's at High Point. We were little kids. Yes. Going over. Yes. It's such a good movie. I haven't watched it in so long. So I'm very excited. Okay, guys. Well, we'll see you after Easter with our Easter special, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yep. Check us out on socials. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, that's as much of an ending as I can give us this week. You need to go and feed your children. Bye.